What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. We're here with an evening edition because I was traveling. I was doing summer porch tour. And let me tell you, people, get yourself some fucking tickets. This past Jacksonville porch tour, the stand-up portion, I'm telling you, is pure magic. I feel like my new uh, 45 minutes or so is uh, coming together. It's probably like a new 20, and then I retweaked the last 20. But you were drinking. You don't even remember that 20. It's one of the most fun I've had at doing stand-up like, in a long-ass time. Like, Childerberg was great. Being outdoors, telling some jokes, people on their lawn chairs, smashing their own beers, hanging out with people, getting to meet the good folks coming out to these things before the shows, hanging out on lawns, porch tour. It's magic. It's about getting outside of your house, actually uh, being outdoors, getting away from your computer, meeting some like-minded autistic individuals, and having a good time. And I'm, I am feeling the spirit of porches, my friends. I am so happy to be back out there, touring the country, drinking on people's lawns. It's everything that life's supposed to be about. And we're going to have to get some tailgating going at some of these. Some tailgates and some some parking lot uh, some uh, some parking lot trade deals. I'm going to start facilitating trade deals uh, from from the parking lot. You know, your legal surface, services for that guy's mushrooms, for that guy's cow, for 3 months worth of chickens from this guy. Come on people, let's start let's start going off the grid. We, we, you got to start somewhere. You got to start making these relationships. You got to start having these bonds. You got to start trading outside of currency. And you know you know how it starts? By opting out and showing up to Run Your Mouth Summer Porch Store, meeting like-minded individuals who live in your area, and uh, cutting loose, laughing at my jokes, and uh, you know starting to forge these networks. Because here's the thing. We might have messed up by not getting the mRNAs. I, uh, I got to come clean and give everyone the warning. I'm personally still not going to get it. Uh, but... I think there's a possibility that they're about to release the aliens and the only people whose biomes are going to be able to like relate are the people that have the mRNAs in them. I don't think the mRNAs had anything to do with COVID. And this is safe to be said on YouTube because this is basically 100% scientifically accurate with information that I got directly from Putin. So YouTube censors, you can't take this one down because this is important information. I'm actually advocating for people that held out on the vaccines the entire time. Now go get them because you don't want to be without mRNAs in the system when they start introducing aliens into the wild. You, you, you're going to end up with all sorts of sicknesses you didn't even know existed because you had to weaken your own immune system so that you don't threaten the aliens. And then all of a sudden they just come out of nowhere and, and they're sapping you guys alive. Um, second half of this episode, we're going to have Steven, our resident non-scientist, with us to uh, break down some of the alien talk, break down RFK Jr. going on to Rogan's, talking about Mercury and stuff. You guys buying it? I ain't totally buying it. Uh, what other topics I got lined up for him? Oh, apparently Sam Bankman Jewy face is just off the hook. I mean, they can't just release him yet. They still have to pretend like he's, you know, under house arrest and he's not sitting down with the global elite, rearranging their finances, pocketing more money, sending it to the Democratic Party. We're going to get into that lady later. Apparently they're already starting to just, uh, just drop things right off the books. Hey, BlackRock's going to come around and create an ETF and work with Coinbase. I know that we were supposed to get that operation, but you can still have your Jew hands in on the deal. That we're going to be talking about later in the episode. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things later in the episode. I do have a bunch of nonsense talk, but before we get into nonsense talk, you know how you preserve your asshole from the alien invasion? It's by wearing sheath underwear. You go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you're going to get yourself 20% off. The only underwear with bands so great, the aliens are going to be like, you know what? I'll leave that butt alone. Other people, you got loose-fitting Fruit of the Looms that can just be easily pulled down for accessibility. Those are going to be the first to get raped by the aliens. When they come down here, 
and they start plugging everyone's butts because that's how they get inside of you and take over your body. Like, that's what was so great about that Las Vegas phone call, which I just played. By the way, oh, we have another announcement. I know it's ADD City over here of announcements. Uh, I spent, we did a live run your mouth from Jacksonville. Fun episode. Not going to say it was the best episode. It wasn't the worst episode. It was a fun episode. Had some good jokes. The only place you can find the uncensored version of that episode, full video, is on Spotify. I spent a lot of time doing the post-production, editing the thing up, trying to get it onto the YouTubes. I don't know why it didn't go through StreamYard. I don't know why the settings were the way they were. Don't worry. I've already uh, totally abused this producer to the point that he quit, that there's another one who's starting on Tuesday who's got the dimensions worked out on this stuff. Um, anyways, it's free content. Go enjoy it. Spotify. You got the full video. You like the audio version. It's available everywhere else. You want to skip an episode because it was a live one and it was less focused than what we do from the living room. Because when there's a living room here, you don't got 20 people with blank stares on their face. So you can just really get into a pocket and only give people information that they need. You don't go on tangents. You don't ramble. You don't say likes. We're focused and in the zone. So some of you guys, you might not like the live episodes. You might not like when I get interrupted by fans who are trying to put me back off of a tangent, you might prefer the tangents. So I'm just letting you know, guys, it's out there. All right, let's take a call. Oh, but back to the sheath underwear. Those elastic bands, the aliens, they're going to have superior technology and they're going to be raping everyone's buttholes. But if you're wearing sheathunderwear.com, promo code RYM, your butthole is going to be safe. So, you know, that's quite the promise. And they can legally say that because it's uh, factually accurate. All right, I do have a couple of uh, observations uh, from travel, things that I want to yell about. Hopefully my neighbors will hear me. They'll be knocking on my door and being like, yo, I heard what you said in there and you're saying some shit that you're, we got to get out there. We got to go correct these things. Uh, and then we'll have Steven for some real information in a couple minutes. But before we do the Steven thing, I want to just let everyone know you don't have to be concerned with robots taking your jobs. They are overstating what robots can handle. And you want to know what my proof is that you go into any single airport in the entire country, you know who really caused COVID? It's whatever person thought that robots can handle dispensing soap. Have you guys noticed how terrible robots are at dispensing soap? You can go through an entire airport, not a single soap dispenser works. You can go there, you can be doing the Macarena, you can be back forth, back forth, you can be waving things, you can be bringing other people's hands, you could be like, hey, who's got the biggest hand in this entire bathroom? You're waving it. I'm telling you, not one soap dispenser in the entire Jacksonville airport worked. And then... You know, I'm, I, I'm, I was a germaphobe even before COVID existed. And I know some people are out germaphobing me because they're really just serial killers and they're still wearing masks and stuff. But I'm just pointing out that if robots can't handle the simple task of dispensing some soap, you think they're going to be good at any other tasks? I mean, that robot, what does it have to do? Sensor that you're there and then give some soap to you? And it replaced mechanical soap dispensers. Doesn't make sense when you got rid of the mechanical soap dispensers. You literally press the thing and don't tell me, oh, because it was going to get your hand dirty. Well, yeah, because I'm about to wash it. I'm pressing the thing to give me the soap. I understand having the, the water faucet be on a dispenser system. But even with that, you take a paper towel, you can turn it off, you can turn it back off. There's nothing worse than you ever have that when the soap dispenser works, but then the sink doesn't work. You end up playing like musical chairs with the other people in the bathroom just to try and wash your hands while they still pretend like you got to be concerned about germs and you still have people who are wearing masks. Maybe they're the smart ones because they know what's coming next because these robots that they've claimed are capable of doing simple enough tasks like dispensing soap. You want to get medical advice from some AI doctor when the earliest version of the robots that they rolled out couldn't even handle dispensing soap?
Let this settle in. I know right now this is like a new concept. You guys are uh, libertarians. You like the idea of technological development, displacing people, taking over their jobs. And, and I'm just trying to say, look at the current robots that we have and how poor of a job they're doing. And let's understand that the robot revolution will probably never happen. All right. Next topic that I want to discuss before we get into real information with Stephen, our resident non-scientist wonder boy, uh, who might be an alien and also autistic. So we really can get the whole gambit of vaccine and alien talk because he, he's if there's ever been a member of this community, that could represent both those groups of people. Um, we can get into that. All right. Anyways, uh, you people out there, is Aldi's any good? What, what are we thinking about Aldi's? Because, uh, you know, they're kind of like well-priced. They seem like they got better items. But for one, there's no express line at an Aldi's. If you just want to grab one item and get in and out, you could cross our borders quicker than getting in and out of an Aldi's. And they're not using any bags. And the guy sits on a chair like he's processing paperwork at the border. They do have like a decent system though where they go direct into your cart. Guy doesn't even leave his chair, stamps a thing like he's at the DMV and you move on your way. But you get you get people who are really loading up and if you just accidentally ate cheese and you're just trying to get yourself a simple uh, ginger shot, you know, you're, you're just going to be waiting in that line finding out if you're going to get to the ginger before the cheese gets to your diarrhea. But anyways, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Is Aldi's any good? Because like Aldi's brand... Like their knockoff stuff looks like if you were having a nightmare of being in a supermarket and you were looking at an item and every single wrapper looks like what you were looking for, but it's not quite like you go to a Trader Joe's and they got their Trader Joe brand knockoff stuff, but like at least it looks right. There's something about the Photoshop of all the items at Oreo, like instead of Oreos, they just have the double stuff cookies, but it looks like an eighth grader who just learned Photoshop figured out how to like, at first glance, you're like, oh, those are, no, that's not Oreos. It's like every food item there was kind of made by the devil. It looks right, but it doesn't look right at the same time. It's like they spoofed it enough that at your first glance, you're like, that's a cliff bar. But then you realize that's not a cliff bar. It doesn't even look like I should be eating that. I'm curious, what, what, what's everyone out there? What, what's the takeaway on Aldi's? Are we pro Aldi's because they've uh, figured out how to give you bulk products at a discount, slapping other labels on it, sneaking it past the man, Chinese knockoff without Costco and needing to get one of those big forklifts just to get things into your car and then just leaving it in the car because you're too lazy to bring it up to your house and you just end up with rotting food in your trunk? I don't know. I'm putting it out there. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Maybe we'll do a poll to see what people think of Aldi's. All right. I might have talked about this one before, but it, it, it frustrates me every single time. And it's going to be one of those topics I just complain about until some point in time, someone with real authority and power in the world hears it and just goes, you know what? I'll fix that. So I don't know about you guys, but when I stay in a hotel, um, firstly, you guys like tipping the maid? Like, it, you, I'm leaving. You know what I mean? Usually, like, you tip, well, I guess usually you tip on service and you're leaving, like a restaurant and you're leaving. But the mate, like, that just is the job. I don't know. Sometimes if I really get too much cum all over the place, then you feel bad. You end up tipping the maid. But otherwise, how many guys are tipping maids? What, what's our feeling on tipping maids? It's like your entire job is cleaning the room. It doesn't feel like a tip thing because you're not going to get better service. Like, I'm leaving. I don't care if it's more clean or less clean. Actually, for the next guy, you could just leave the whole place dirty. I don't give a shit. Maybe he's into my cum. I don't know. I don't know the next guy coming in here. Don't be looking at me and judging me for the way I left it. For all I know, this guy likes a bed that's got my pubes in it. I don't know the way the next guy lives. And that's his problem. He should be tipping you for actually coming into a clean room. It's not really a working system. But if I leave it messy, I'll leave a tip. 
But anyways, I try not to leave it messy because I like, I don't know, I got some embarrassment and I, I, I go through too many seltzer cans, even in one or two days. I mean, it's incredible how many half drinking seltzer cans I'll leave behind because even if I'm alone in a hotel room, I put down a seltzer can, I'm convinced that someone else put their wiener in it. That's the way I live my life. So I got to start a fresh seltzer can. And so what I like to do is throw out all the garbage so that they're coming into a relatively clean room, but they don't give you a garbage to throw shit away into. It's like they want you to leave a bigger mess. They leave you with a tiny little can, so you got to leave the garbage around the can for the person to just give me a bigger garbage. Think about how much work you can cut off, cut out for the maids if you just left people with a bigger garbage that you could throw all your shit away before the maid came in. I literally, I do not understand why they insist on giving you a little tiny garbage can so that you can't clean up after yourself. All right, last topic that we're going to discuss before we bring Steven on. But before we do, let's shout out YoDelta.com, home of uh, Delta products. Yo, Kratom is the place for the $60 kilos, which go ahead, you know, green, the color of Yo Deltas. Uh, anyways, no, I meant the color of Yo Kratoms. Let's talk about Yo Delta for a second. Go get yourself some gummies, dude. I travel everywhere I go. I bring one of those watermelon slices with me. Yesterday, I got stuck in the airport forever, waiting on my flight back. I ate myself a nice gummy, got hammered in an airport bar, slept the whole plane ride home. Don't be traveling without gummy slices. One gummy slice can get you through an entire weekend. Unless, like, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're some massive pothead. Maybe not. Maybe you need higher doses. Maybe you can actually handle a whole gummy. But that's the way I do it. I take one gummy, watermelon slice, everywhere I go, take a little nibble, and I am good to go. Use promo code RYM and get yourself 20% off. Um, have you guys noticed more and more churches in your area have gone gay? They've got little signs talking about how they're all welcoming and things. And here's the thing. I got no problem with people being gay. Go ahead and be gay. I got no problem with people going to church. Go ahead and be religious. But I do have a problem with gay churches. I feel like your whole brand is supposed to be bigotry. So go ahead and be bit like, do you. Do your thing. Don't be shamed from the gay people to be more inclusive. That's not your thing. Is this really the only way that they can get the, the kids back into church is by going gay? I guess maybe they're being more upfront with their actual activities. All right, that's all I got. Um, so let's bring Stephen, our wonder boy, non-scientist onto the show steven Woo! what's going on buddy it's good to be here rob good to be back with the people i like the background too oh we're uh i've switched over hold on one second i want to get you coming through my uh headphones here and people in the chat uh, can you just say say something for a second check the aliens right, can... are coming with vaccines <laughs> i can hear you in my headphones people out there if uh steven being in my headphones is not being heard by you you let me know. All right. Yeah, we, we've gone green screen, and uh, I actually I bought some uh, some new expensive products so that I can go with multiple cameras. I can set up scenes. I've got a guy coming in on Wednesday, and we are going to uh, continue to build out the studio. This I made myself just before the show started to represent the aliens and vaccines that we'll be discussing in today's episode. It's great quality. Yeah, well, it only took me a couple minutes. I had a different idea. I wanted to do like a skull and crossbones. I was trying to use AI, but I couldn't. And then I just uh, made this real quick, but I like it. And then uh, cool. people haven't even noticed the inside joke on uh, part of the problem. I did the first episode out of uh, the closet where Trump was keeping his documents. Um, and then the second episode I did from Trump's office, just trying to show my support. And, you know, I, I, I like the green screen because it firstly, I mean, I get to like fiddle around with the background. I like fiddling with stuff. Maybe like sometimes it even takes me too time to too much time to get it right. But 
for now, I'm having some fun with technology that from the 1980s. What's up with you, buddy? It's been a while. <laughs> you gotta do it. Yeah, no, it's been just surviving, man. Just observing what's going on. It just keeps getting a little bit crazier. And there's there's so many angles to talk about, right? I mean, it's a really good time to be a comedian and a, a cultural commentator such as yourself and Dave, man. It's getting really frustrating, though, as someone that watches a ton of news. And the trick is you don't listen to the news, right? You, you watch the news like you watch monkeys at the zoo, right? Or for entertainment to know what's going on, but right. you can't listen to them because it's is poisonous baloney, right? But um, but so I do watch a lot, and let me tell you, man, so disappointed in Fox. It's just turned into such garbage. It was, it, you know, it kind of was before, but now it's like, you know, like well, why why are people even buying TVs now? So I gotta be honest, I never watch the news. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a news reader, and then I right. catch my clips up all over on the YouTube. I've always envisioned though that I would like to have a room with just a wall of televisions and then just a dial that I could change the dial just to hear which audio it was. And I do feel like I would absorb more information and be able to comment on more things. Uh, but I already have too much random news fucking rolling around in my brain. I really would like to develop some AI tools to better scrape the kind of stories I like to comment on and do a better job of finding the clips that I like to play so that I don't have to be scrolling around on Twitter. But, you know, maybe we'll get there. That's brilliant. Yeah, especially to summarize, that's a great idea. It's a, it's a great idea. And it's funny, man, you you, you kind of tasked me with a little bit of aliens. So I was work, or I mean, I, I was just thinking All right, we can start with recently. the aliens because I, I actually got a bunch of random topics I want to get into. So let's go. Cool. Yeah, the aliens. I'm, I'm super stoked. Let me let me set it up a little bit. Yeah, please. Aliens, are, aliens are one of those topics. It's like I've always <laughs> been more interested in... I guess there's topics that are unanswerable that are fascinating to me. But at some point, I don't really know how to spend too much more time thinking about it. It's like God would fall into that category. I can't give you an answer yes or no on God at the moment. I don't like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of impartial. I think uh, belief can uh, can help you for your own well-being and maybe having positivity and thinking you can draw on forces outside of yourself, maybe having a moral compass. I don't really uh, necessarily strictly adhere to any religion, but I think there's some value in belief. I'm not going to argue God. I'm not going to tell you if there's a heaven. I don't know. Aliens, very similar thing. Like, I focus on, like, the practical, hey, the Fed's stealing your money. Hey, they're lying to you in this. Hey, I'd like to inform you of critical reasoning skills that might help you realize how you're being lied to. Or, hey, here's a joke, right? Like, I'm, like, very much in a practical space. You start getting into things like aliens or... And I'm not saying that aliens existing or not existing doesn't change everything because, like... I mean, I did a joke on my last uh, end of year thing where it's like, if aliens exist, just tell me because then they might be at fault for what's going on and I can stop researching the Jews at the Fed. <laughs> Which, <laughs> right, or climate but, change or some shit. Right, yeah. but there is some truth to that where it's like, if aliens exist, it's like, yeah, maybe you don't need to save for retirement. Like, maybe they just will solve money. Or maybe, like, staying healthy is not going to help you because they're actually going to harvest the organs from the healthy individuals like food for everyone yeah yeah Yeah, exactly they might they might feast on the healthy and leave the blubber whales alone or the joke i made at the beginning of the episode is maybe you're going to need mrnas for when the biodomes or whatever okay anyways aliens (laughs) fascinating i never dug in i didn't care one way or another uh, but then everything, but everything, everything you hear about aliens and don't worry, I didn't just bring you on to rant at you. Everything you hear no, about good. aliens is interesting. You get, uh, the Dawkins going, Hey, don't put out any radio signals. Cause if aliens know that we exist, we'll be lower on the food chain. They'll take all of our shit. You get other people more optimistic. They go, Hey, if there's aliens out there, they might be able to solve our problems. They might be able to heal us. They might have technology that we don't have. 
There's all sorts of interesting questions when it comes to aliens. However, when the government starts rolling out that the aliens exist, my first thought is, are you lying to me about something else I got to be afraid of to stay in my home? Because it seems more likely to me that if the government's letting me know about some aliens, they're going to start projecting shit in the sky or whatnot and being like, you guys got to get back in, in your homes. Now, I have no proof of this. I have no proof of this. I'm just saying I start hearing the government talk about aliens and weird footage in backyards and people with flashlights because you can travel across yeah. the galaxy, but not without On the 911 call, it's police certified, right? Yeah. Right. So I hand it back to you. What do you think of all the alien shenanigans that we're starting to see? Oh, man. I... I love how you set it up. It's such a grand topic, right? We're not talking about some single cell bacteria we found on the moon, right? We're talking about like living, right. breathing, multicellular, intelligent beings that somehow can bend space time. So that's kind of where I'm going to get going here first. So I, I want to make three arguments. The The first general one is that uh, a firm no to biological life outside of this earth. But that being said, I do have a bone to throw to people in the second argument I'm going to make. Wait, so you, so you just want to say definitely you don't think there's any other intelligent life in the galaxy? Correct. But okay. I think there is something for people who do think that. But I, why, I why, why do you take because other people go with the odds that in an infinite universe we're the only intelligent life. Why would that be if this thing just keeps All going right. forever? If space so, has no end and we somehow spontaneously came into existence, why couldn't something else spontaneously come into existence? It's a great argument. So the first one I'm going to make is an if. So if there was uh, intelligent life, it would look a lot like us. Why am I saying that? So we have really desperate conditions here on Earth. If you want to talk about the bacteria that live in volcanoes, we have fish that live at the bottom of the sea, mountain goats on top of Mount Everest. Between all these biological organisms that have ever lived, 99.9% .9 of the cells fall between 0.5 and 50 microns. And this is 99.9% .9 of all living cells. There are some exceptions, like in mammals, when they have egg cells, the egg cell, like the ovaries, will be quite large. But we're talking about 99.9% .9 of all functional living cells, including bacteria, fall between this pretty tight range of 0.5 to 50 microns. And on top of that, we can look at kind of cell functions. And what do these cells do? They kind of do clever chemical reactions. They take in chemicals from the outside, break them down, harness their energy, and spit them out. That's something uh, similar to all living cells. Again, whether we're talking about bacteria, plants, or humans, it all just depends on exactly what chemicals. And the final point of this sub-argument is there's only so many elements on the periodic table of elements. And the way that it's set up, it's actually very numerical by the subatomic particles. And all that means is that we actually can count um, full placements on the periodic table of elements. So we're not missing any, if that makes sense. Like there's no half subatomic particle. So, you know, it goes hydrogen, blah, blah, blah. And so if these aliens did exist somewhere, um, then... Uh, then that would be great. They might have a different name for something with four protons, four neutrons, and four electrons. We call that carbon, right? But they might call it something different. But those same elements are going to be there. So, so in other words, the idea that like aliens might look like mythological talking creatures or talking scent. Yeah, but why couldn't you at least have that? That horse, like that they evolved from like a horse instead of a monkey. So you got talking scent, scent, centaurs instead of us. Or you got I like think pony I people. 
I think this is actually, you know, you're like half joking, but this is a half really interesting conversation because there's extreme diversity here on Earth, right? We right. have jellyfish too, freaking uh, right. donkeys. But we're right? the ones that I guess jumped the shark to consciousness, or maybe not jump the shark, but like jump to consciousness on in a different landscape. Maybe the jellyfish could have become conscious, and then Perhaps, you got them but, floating around with technology and shit. But but uh, but then the question would be like, um, would the jellyfish's form like remain the jellyfish, or would it have to eventually be able to survive? You know, or how would that change? So you get into a lot of like what ifs. But even to go back to kind of your question about probabilities, all this is able to happen because water can survive as a liquid in this very specific temperatures we have here on Earth. And of course, there are organisms that live in extremes, but for the most part, they're born and they survive in this very all right. But so someone's throwing a question at you, MK mm -hmm. Ultraviolence. Is there any yeah. reason there can't be more elements discovered yes dude i love this that's a great question <laughs> so so elements are created pretty much by like the supernovas of stars and they're kind of like uh it's actually like a nuclear bomb in a star it's like fusion and fission and basically the more you do the fusion the the, the higher the number of the periodic table of elements you get so there could definitely be more elements discovered and scientists like i think even 10 years ago created an element that existed for like a millisecond in a lab you know, because all elements are kind of building blocks of atoms with like more subatomic particles, right? So that's a great question. Yes, there absolutely could be, but um, are they are they stable? And have we been able to think of a way to stabilize them? No. And if there were more elements found, they would be so far down in the periodic table, they would have very weird properties. So you all know, right, but now even yeah. so, even under yeah. your, I, I'm going to just summarize it because I don't get all the yeah. science talk, but there is limited amount of particles that even exist in the way that they could be reconstructed. But exactly. even if that's true, who's to say that like humans haven't gotten a head start from us, maybe a million gazillion years. And so they're evolved into green people with technology that we couldn't even fathom. That is a great point. And the last and the, the last kind of uh, argument I have against kind of the, that wave of uh, interesting questions is this that no matter how they got there, they would have left some type of radiation, whether it's like light radiation, uh, various signatures in the universe, uh, because it's awesome to think about whenever we, whenever I'm looking at you right now, Rob, I'm actually looking back in time, right? Because it takes time for the photons to travel and the internet for me to see what you're doing. That's very similar to when we look at a microscope. When you look at a star that's, uh, you know, a hundred light years away, you're actually seeing that star as it existed a hundred years ago, right? And same thing with the sun, like a like a big ass meteor could knock out the sun and we wouldn't even know it for eight minutes just because the fastest thing in the universe is light and light is what carries that information. So what's interesting is even if these aliens were really good at hiding their shit now, we would be able to look out in the universe and we'd be able to tell in for, for sure that there was some non-random thing going on eventually. But it could be so far away that we would never get a reading of it. If space is infinite, isn't it just possible that it would be outside of the scope of what we could even register? Uh, perhaps. And and I'm not uh, I find studying space very trivial because I think we have right. enough problems here. But from right. what I gather, I think we do. We did. We can do a pretty good job of measuring things so fucking far away. Right. But, yeah, I think what, it is possible. And then what about I guess if you're already talking about the unknown, I, I mean, you could argue that like god's an alien if you ex if you believe in god because he's outside of whatever our reality is and if you're already willing to maybe be open to that 
I mean, it's a theory of what might be beyond our reality, but oh, really, it could it could be anything. You know, I, I would I would urge people. I was I was researching some of the animals that don't fit into that ninety nine percent I was talking about. There are some the fascinating like amoebas and and even jellyfish and even there there's one um, the nerve cells of humans can actually be three feet. A single cell can actually go from the bottom of like your your hips all the way up your back, right? Your spinal right. cord. So that's one of the exceptions too. So there are some very alien living things here on Earth. You know, there there are snails that have shells of iron that live in volcanoes. Like what the fuck? It's right. crazy. Yeah. All right. So, so you're ta- you're you're taking the approach of aliens do not exist. So what do you think is all these uh, random leaking bullshits of, hey, there was a flash oh. here, there was this thing moving weirdly? Well, the, the, yeah, well, the last part I wanted to throw out to people that do believe in aliens is I first want to make a point of what's alive versus not alive. So for me, the definition of alive is to be able to take in inputs, read those inputs, and put out outputs. And for living cells, that's usually the environment signaling something to you. Your DNA gets read or, or triggered somehow, then something happens, and then you then output on the environment, and then that's a living feedback loop, right? So the environment's acting on you, then you act on the environment, and then, then basis on how you react to the environment's based on your DNA that makes you alive. And so what's interesting is there's actually a very common non-biological living entity that we've all got to know Jeez, recently. This, dude, this desk oh, is so fucking finicky. That's pretty funny, dude. I was like, oh, is he blocking me out? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just, it's, uh, it's got this, uh, fancy Costco desk, but like literally you touch anything up, down, up, down, and then you spend 20 minutes trying to get all the settings right. And the next thing you and know, just... boom. All right. Let's move right, on. I guess I just, just yes. wrap it up. Uh, viruses. Viruses are non-living biological right. entities. And I fully believe that there are small particles or vi- virus-like particles somewhere in the universe where there's perhaps carbon Ooh, or water. You know what favorite. that means, though? But do you know what that means? I get, I they get could what be, you're They could come here on a meteor or something, yes. Yeah, but the same way, they might at some point, like a virus could... I understand that viruses are not living. I get that. Right. But at some point... If a virus were to almost act like in infection movies where it turns you into a zombie or if it were to act more like a parasite because it was made all the way in space. Like imagine yeah. if a par- imagine if a space virus came to Earth and actually turned you into like some super like released powers in your brain that you don't normally have. So you were actually a human being of a 600 IQ because you could access your brain in a way that people pro- previously couldn't. You might as well be an alien at that point. It's all possible. I mean, that's what rabies does. It affects your right. mental ability. There's certain funguses that will infect ants, and then it will signal right. chemicals to the ant's brain for it to climb, so it helps the fungus. Yeah. So I think it's and it's just the 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 from getting to a virus or it's kind of these blobs of life that can self replicate to us right. or humans that build things. It's that that we have that I have a problem with that right. we don't know. I want to grab a seltzer real quick because yeah. I forgot to put one on my desk. While I do that. Dude. You know, why don't you tell people what you're up to? If they can still freeze their cum, if you're still wearing sheath underwear, pitch yourself to the yeah. ladies, you know. Yeah, you, you, dude. You, you, you were throwing it down at some report store. I'll be back in like 10 seconds, but this is this is oh, Steven time. That, you do you. Okay, wow. Well, that didn't – well, I'll tell you what. So Tinder's interesting nowadays, man. I was there for the glory days. I went to a state school, San Diego State. You know, people used to know what their lanes were, right? And – um you know, it's just it's just a different world out there now. Um, what's helped me is I actually focus on learning and kind of staying away from this kind of like 
low kind of smut game, you know, and I figure like if I really need some, I can just pay for it. Right. And then what will happen will happen. But I rather spend my time, you know, like I'm learning to code recently. I'm learning some new languages and like whatever happens, happens. I'm stacking cash. But like as far as chasing some dumb tail, dude, I don't know. Did I leave for two minutes and you pitched on work on yourself and just pay for pussy <laughs> instead of having a relationship? Was that was that the short? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, Steve, yeah. Steven, Steven's best when it comes to science topics, but you know, God bless everyone. Everyone gets to live their own lifestyle. That's the beauty of uh, being a libertarian. Not that I'm living by some high moral code, but I'm just saying it's great that I gave you the floor and that that's what you went with. All right. Um, next is. I watched uh, at least the first 30 minutes so far of RFK on Rogan. Did you watch any of that? I did, yeah. I All did. right. So first, let's just start with, before I, we talk about Vax and autism, I want to just talk about gut reaction to RFK, and I want to go first. All right? Cool. I love that he's out there, and he was a very vocal critic of the vaccines, which you and I, we did our homework on and we were reporting on. I think it's very cool that the guy who I will say took the vaccine criticism the furthest is also getting a lot of press. I think that that's very cool. I think the fact that he is seemingly also against the Ukraine war, which I would say is probably the next biggest topic after us being allowed to have free speech, which kind of coincides with the bodily autonomy to not have to uh, take a vaccine. It seems like he's on the right side with the darkest forces of tyranny which are things like uh, uh, pa like passports, social credit scores, government currency, fighting wars. Like there's some real evil that's circulating right now that he seems to understand is truly evil and at least he's speaking out against, whereas other Democrats are championing those causes. So those are all very positives. There's something about him, though, that makes me think he's full of shit. Specifically... When I, I, I did not read, I did not sit down and read the, the real Anthony Fauci book. And I will tell you that when I'm listening to books, I do not absorb them in the same way when I'm sitting down and actually reading them. I did listen to the whole book. There were moments when I was listening to it where there were some topics, and I wish I had the specifics, but like I said, I didn't take the notes. And there were only one or two, but there were one or two times where there were things that I was, feel like I was pretty knowledgeable about. And the way that he explained it, I was like, eh, that's salesy. And now you can be doing like good work. His job thus far has been profit. It sounds like, like even when he's talking about being an environmentalist, he's talking about making money, suing people for pollution. So you found a way to make money. Then he's talking about suing the vac. It's like, it's almost like I, like, I don't have a problem with, let's say you're the guy who goes to repo someone's car when they don't make their payments. That's a function in society. A guy didn't make his payments. Like it sucks. You got to actually show up and deal with the guy and you have to take his car from him. And that might be his only means of getting around. But guess what? That's a job. Someone has to do it. You're almost like the, you're almost like a vulture in nature. It's like the vultures exist in nature, but someone's gonna someone's gonna eat up a dead corpse. So he's almost like that guy. Like he's he's in the capitalist system, playing the opposite team, which might be a good team. Which is you got vaccine companies are trying to put out a product, and someone's gonna try and go after them for the damage that the products do. Holistically, the product still might be good, and those are both like legitimate functions. All right. But yet, sometimes when I hear him uh, talk and explain the things, I almost don't understand why he doesn't have more conviction for it. Like, if you really believe that the like that vaccines are causing autism, I don't really, I don't really love when you go, well, that's not the main thing I'm running. Well, you should really care about it. 
or when he's talking about it in this case, and he goes, and go do your own homework. You should be able to look into these things. And then, like, just the way he was explaining some of, like, the things with, like, the subatomic, I was like, eh, I wish I could ask you a clarifying question because that doesn't just, it just, now I know nothing about this, and I'm not, I'm not, I have not done enough research on him to go, hey, this thing is, like, I understand, since COVID, I, I'm, I, I would not vaccinate my child for anything without doing my own homework now. Four years ago, I would have called up Dr. Krim and said, fucking stick everything you're comfortable with in. I don't need to research this. I don't feel that way anymore. I would have to research it. So I hand it back to you to go, I think he's saying the right things on the most important topics. I actually think, unlike a lot of other people, I listen to him, I go, oh, this sounds like a smart guy. So there's some ne- there's some definite positives there. But then sometimes I hear him explain things, and I, like I haven't sat down to research it yet, but I'm like, yeah, that kind of sounds like bullshit. So I hand it back to you because I'm curious, uh, just your, your kind of gut reaction of like him as a dude and, you know, his takeaway on some of these topics. I'm going to say something that's going to sound worse than it actually is, but I think he's like the cleanest shirt in the laundry. And I think Peter Hotez and all these other people don't want to debate him because they are such fucking morons that they right. really don't have. They and, and I'm just I'm not pointing. I'm just saying medical doctors aren't trained to be scientists. They can look through peer reviewed papers, but they don't spend time in laboratories with viruses making them like people like people that RFK talk to do make viruses in labs. So, so that's why. So so. So RFK has some points and he is better than them, obviously, at everything. But I just get a very salesy vibe, too, because a lot of his uh, molecular vaccine points there, it's on a spectrum and and no pun intended. But like it's, you know, what he's saying can be true, but it's also hard to prove. And then he'll never he'll never admit that there are some benefits to these vaccines. Right. And, you know, and you'll never be able to pin him down on the risk reward. He'll right. just say that that, that that's kind that of what risk. I was picking up on was yes. him saying like, yeah, that's their argument and it could even be true. But they're but like, I don't know, everything's cost benefit related. So when All it right. came to a new vaccine, which is mRNAs that you clearly hadn't studied. And I want to keep this up on YouTube and we've done enough. So like, I don't I don't right. feel like we need we it. Don't need like, to. Yes. There was some logic there to be like, well, that doesn't really make sense. But you tell me because I, I haven't looked into the vaccine autism thing in any capacity. And I don't know, like, I would venture to, it, it would be, it would seem strange to me if it turned out that none of these vaccines, like, I understand that the flu vaccine just doesn't seem to be too beneficial, but, like, is the polio vaccine not worth anything? Like, are some of these it's other fun. ones really just, huh. like, worth nothing? So I'm curious, I, you, you break <laughs> well, it down for us. The, you know what the number one cause of polio was a couple years ago? The polio vaccine. <laughs> Oh, well, he, he had said that on on the on the thing. Oh, did yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that has to do with like the specific. But I think it is hard after the last years. Um, I I haven't I haven't dug through the autism papers, but what I will say is like what I have seen is um, there's no risk reward calculations, and it's hard because the people pushing the vaccines will never admit to a lot of the risks, and and systemically they have it through all the reasons we've talked about, whether the reporting systems or the the intertwining of the government agencies with private business, that they don't really report on the risks. They incentivize doctors to take it. And then you, you're always the odd one out if you don't take the vaccines. Um, but is there something to be said for herd immunity and eradicating a lot of these diseases that these pharmaceutical companies did because of vaccines? Yes. So it's definitely not cut and dry. And I think you're right that RFK is running on this issue that will never be solved. This is like a question you'll never be able to settle, except for that the pharmaceutical companies did lie. They're full of shit, but some of their products are good. It's just really hard to determine now because they right. lie so much. Right. Yeah. Just to clarify for the sake of accuracy, his point has been that that's not his, uh, 
the key issue that he's running on. Right. But I guess it is the most controversial, which is why people inherently they want to ask him about it because yeah. it it like because also even that's a little bit sheepish because like let's say you spend an entire career selling books and suing companies on the basis that vaccines are bad. If you don't actually believe that, that's not ethical. Now, it could be that you made a fortune suing companies on the basis that vaccines aren't good and, like, that's a role in society the same way you can be a patent troll and realize someone's using something and then, like, grab the patent and then go sue them for stealing your technology. Like, there there are legal ways of almost grifting within like the system right. you know what i mean where it's like it's totally legal but it's yeah, kind of shitty yeah. to do you know what Trademark i mean like it, something you, yeah yeah or i remember uh a friend of mine was telling me about this channel this guy who basically just drives around the united states of america and finds people who are um having fractions of the american disability act and sometimes uh sometimes like it's like really minor shit but can yeah. cause really big problems for businesses and i don't remember exactly what the shakedown was but that's an example where it's like it's legal, but you kind of are running a shakedown here. Like right. that's kind of what you're doing. You found like a legal way to shake somebody down. You know what I mean? So it's like if you honestly believe that the vaccines do cause autism and you're running to be in charge, I would think that you would find like it would be almost morally important on yourself because of your own convictions to actually make that an important part of what you're right like but that's the thing and it's yeah. a red herring right there because there is no known cause to autism that's why it can be used as a squishy issue there's no there's no mechanistic cause you can't say it's like certain things might cause strokes you know or right. blood clots like we, we so it's just an easy claim to go hey the vaccines are causing autism because there's no and, correct and it's an a it's a very it's specific but it's also right you know it's not like oh i have a rash here's autism right like right. like a lyme disease i thought that there was a though a correlation between older parents and autism because je like it was just like uh i guess worser I, I don't understand why older people make shittier babies yeah but i thought that that I, was like just a function of uh uh, older people having kids had higher rates of autism, but I don't even know where I read that or thought that from. Those studies are interesting too. And, and, you know, some will find something, some will be other because they really, a lot of them are, that's called perspective epidemiology, or even they'll just get like a hundred thousand people and ask them a couple questions. Right. And then they'll right. sort them out and then they'll do, blah, 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 oh, look what we found with the data. It's like, oh, well, how many of those older people were in good weight or, or bad weight? But, right. but yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so closing remarks just first let's go with uh rfk jr based off of yeah. uh the rogan episode that you were watching do you find that he seems mostly credible on the scientific topics that you hear him talking about or does he sound to you like he's uh shilling oh, he's definitely you can't you know you you wouldn't be able to catch him in an outright lie because right. he's technically right about everything, but I think his conclusions are far too much on the. He's 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 talking too much about the science and not about the fact that the people lied. If he ran on these pharmaceutical companies keep lying to you, whether what they're doing is good or bad, you decide right. that's that's smart, and he's not doing that. But you know, it's 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 really refreshing, and it's it's just such a crazy time that he's like twenty percent. You know, and by the way, I pointed this out, and I think it's really important for people to realize. Like, I would say my mom and sisters are very good gauge of, like, typical Democratic voters. They don't know that he exists. So wow. he's 20, like, he's 20% of, like, 
amongst people that know, like, that doesn't include all the people that don't even know he exists. Like, there's a lot of voters out there that don't even know he's an option yet. Um, and I bet that 20%, they, te- they tend to lie on these people. Yeah, like, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? To make it seem like, oh, they don't even have a chance. Um, so I would venture to guess he's actually doing better. Crazy. <laughs> all right. Um, and then so, and then just to come to a conclusion, in terms of vaccines causing autism, you say there's no, like, it's, I, I guess there's a possibility and well vaccines are a a big word man and as we saw recently they can be these experimental mrna gene therapies uh that's safe to say that's what they were you know um uh yeah or they could be kind of tried and true tuberculosis proteins that or um yeah everyone gets a tb shot and that's pretty standard or even like hepatitis b he made a point about hepatitis b in that episode and everyone that works at a hospital or a or a molecular biology laboratory usually gets hepatitis B anyway. So, I, you know, he, he makes a lot of points that people are getting loaded up on vaccines. But again, you really need to demonstrate the harm. And, you know, I, yeah, that's it. OK. And then. Uh, wait, I have one last question on that. I forgot what it was. All right. So let's move on to the next thing, which is there's scattered reports. Nothing I was able to find in any legitimate news sources and uh, nothing that I was able to even read through and go tangibly, okay, here's the story here. But there was uh, rumors, speculation, little random internet chatter that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried has already been let off the hook for five major charges and that they've postponed, I guess, even looking into some of the other ones, and it looks like the system's already gearing up for maybe a slap on the wrist. Uh, Curious if you had any insight on that. Um, nothing specific. I've heard the same things. And, uh, some news sources that I read also say that they dropped about half the charges that they piled on after. So basically right. they, because th- everything happened so fast in November, they went, they got him, they froze his assets, they charged him, And right. then they tried to filter in charges. So all those other filter ins got dropped. And as far as what I think we're seeing more of, which is very akin to the Binance and Coinbase suit with the SEC, as well as other government interventions in this kind of new space, is that they've just been so incompetent, hypocritical and slow and disingenuous that a lot of these judges even have their hands tied that have to give benefits to the people the government's suing just because the government's been so inartful in, in how they're delivering these cases. Okay, so why don't you give us the breakdown on the Gensler uh, Coinbase case? Because uh, I know that I just don't want to deal with my crypto. I know that that's not a winning strategy. I know I'd be better off getting a cold whatever. Dude, it's so easy, man. It's I so book, easy. You, yeah, I know you say it's easy. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, all right. Maybe this will give a little context. It's so easy. Okay. I, I flew out to Jacksonville this past Saturday to do a porch store. Booking a flight should be easy. I booked a flight the first time for July. I caught that error within 24 hours and I canceled that flight. I booked another flight and I found out the night before that flight didn't exist. I had to then go to like pack up all my shit, go to sleep for two hours, drive two hours to a much further airport, which was the only airport that had a flight I could take in the morning. And then I had to stay all the way through in Jacksonville to 10 p.m. That's booking a flight. Booking a flight's very easy. But guess what? If you're not great at just looking at dates the right way, if you got a scattered brain, you can book a flight on the wrong day. And so people start telling me about, oh, yeah, just just have your you know, many shit I've lost in my life. I don't want to have multiple thousands of dollars on a hard drive. 
You know how many computers I've lost that I've cared about? I once threw out a phone. I once bought a $1,300 Samsung Galaxy brand new phone, cleaned my apartment, spent three days without a phone, and concluded I must have just thrown it away when I was cleaning it up. I still never found that phone. It's four years later. So people go, oh, oh it's no big deal. Yeah, if you're a smart, like, level-headed human being, it's no big deal. I've made gigantic financial errors with much smaller pieces of pie. The idea of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll just memorize a code. Oh, yeah, you'll just you'll just have it on this thing. None of that sounds appealing to me. Oh, man. Okay, you've probably heard some horror stories. I would just say that um, there, there are ways to get around that. So all you need to do is take a screenshot of, of 12 or 24 words, and then something you could do to get used to it is perhaps... Uh, put that uh, you can encrypt that with a password. Are you good at remembering passwords? You you can remember passwords, right? Um, every single time I ever have to retype in a password, it's uh, either you allow me to use the same password that okay. I have two variations of, or you throw some new rule at me. And then I'm like, all right, next time I come back here, I'm going to have to email for a password reset. Okay. Well then I think the best thing for you then is if you didn't want to store it with a custodian is you could do like uh, a multi-sig wallet. So basically you split the keys with someone you trust. And unless you have both people that sign it, then they can't move it. And then what happens or, if the other guy dies? Then you're just, you're, now you're shit out of luck. You don't have your keys. You, you can put a time lock on it. So after like five years, then it goes back to you or some type thing. But that's more and then what happens? What happens if you die, then your relatives don't get, the, the, you're also putting risk on the table that no one will be able to access your shit in the event of your death. Well, there's a company, there's numerous companies that do this for Bitcoin. So they'll do a three multi-sig. So then you have a key, someone else has a key and the company. And so now what key. you're describing is I have to go do my research about every single workaround to try and prevent against my own stupidity, which is what I don't want to have to do. I would just say it's really on your phone. You hit a wallet, you take a screenshot, and then right. you can just save that screenshot in, in your email perhaps. And then Gmail is actually quite secure and then have a different name and that's it. And then you actually don't, every time you use your Bitcoin wallet on your phone, you don't log in or log out. It's always right. logged in. So anyways, getting back to the Coinbase thing, yes. I'm fully, so, I'm full, I'm fully prepared that they engage in fractional reserve banking and that the uh, Fed or otherwise just step in with the slightest bit of regulation. And then like a house of cards, I don't have any money anymore. In Coinbase? Yes. Coinbase and nah. Gemini. There's got to be no. some variation of fractional reserve locking me out of my money banking. Coinbase actually has a the when you at least when you do Bitcoin you actually have a, a your own Bitcoin wallet so you can actually check that the Bitcoin's in that wallet within Coinbase. Coinbase has a very elaborate scheme or I don't want to call it a scheme but they have a thing so where then they why, hold why why do you even bother to have your own wallet as opposed to just leaving it on Coinbase? Yeah, because uh, the ethos because I'm the ethos of Bitcoin is really to have control. Just of because as a member of the religion, it, it's not even the, the technology of Coinbase is any less secure. It's just to fit in with the Bitcoin club. It's cooler to have Coin, your keys. Coinbase, Coinbase is KYC. So if you send Bitcoin to anyone from your Coinbase wallet, they can eventually rat you out. Or that wallet, you can't change your wallet. When you have your own Bitcoin wallet, you right. can create as many as you want. So you the like, address you like, is You like being able to, uh, to, to hide, your, hide your Bitcoins a little bit. Well, yeah, that and also Coinbase is a centralized company. So whether or not they're fractional reserve banking, they already got sued by the SEC. So why why would you even need to sleep? Like, why would you need to do that? I sleep now, but really doesn't well it bother you where my password is. as a uh, as a uh, Bitcoin maximalist? You know, maybe maybe we'll get into some of my uh, 
my Bitcoin heresy here. I haven't let's, sold let's my Bitcoin. Lay it on me. I got some Bitcoin heresy. I, w- I was waiting for you to. Keep Doesn't going. it somewhat bother you that in the current iteration, it requires some form of centralization? Like, doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like, How without so? without Coinbase, what does the market for Bitcoin even look like? Um, you're going you to have to go find, like, as in, ha- like, how do people get it? How do people get it? What would you do with it? Like, if coin, let's say they shut down Coinbase and all of those tomorrow. So, what are you going to do? You're going to take your hard wallet to someone else who has a hard wallet and try and trade with them? Doesn't that like, wouldn't that evaporate most of the actual, like, I, I'm asking you, I don't know. Yeah. What, well, no, I'm curious. Like, so, what so the amount of transactions single, are actually going single, through an exchange? Yeah. So, well, so exchange transactions for like a single asset like Bitcoin, that's either like money coming in or money going out or Bitcoin going to other coins, right? So you're asking. No, but I'm saying in some form, yeah. Bitcoin only exists by interacting with some form of a centralized exchange. No, now, I, I multiple... paid my hairdresser with Bitcoin the other day and um, I did through my own wallet to her wallet, you know? Right, but how, so can, how, how would how I get it? No, how many of those interactions, what percentage of the Bitcoin interactions are what you just described? It's got to be less yes. than 1%. So there are a million, there are a million Bitcoin wallets that are individuals holding Bitcoin. So that's right, a million look, look right at, now. Look at it, it differently. If at okay. the end of the day, currency is valued in the ability to actually see it as a store of value, which is in part the fact that you can exchange it mm-hmm. for something. If you were to make all the exchanges illegal, you would have to be limiting the actual currency usage and redeemability to just people who would accept an illegal currency. You, like the built-in redeemability good, service, yeah. is going you- to drop. So what I'm saying is that you have a Maybe. reliance on centralized exchanges in order to be using your decentralized asset no you have reliance on dis- on centralized exchanges to go to usd you're you're you're, circ- you're circling everything in the united yeah, states but, dollars, okay, right? but e- even so at the moment I, fine I, I i understand that but at the moment one of the redeemabilities of bitcoin is the fact that you could redeem it for dollar it's that that's like a big feature is that hey i can get right. out of it and for you, this other you, currency. Still, you can still do that on any DeFi platform right i mean it kind of proves itself right so DeFi platforms are just protocols that run on the internet that aren't centralized exchanges and it's very hard to ban them they've actually had more volume recently as binance has been attacked and so is coinbase these programs like uh uniswap you can download it on your phone they're actually just programs right, but and what percentage of the market is actually engaging in bitcoin outside of a centralized platform as in well it's a little bit harder to buy and sell because those are that's just the lowest bar right so if you got rid of all of those it would just raise the bar and make it a little bit harder but there would still be people there's still tons of miners right there are multiple companies across the world that mine Bitcoin and get it in every 10 minutes. And they're going to need to sell that for dollars. So there's always going to be a market of people selling Bitcoin. That's kind of the whole proof of work uh, ingenious design, because as long as people are plugging in to generate Bitcoin, then they're going to want to sell it to people that want that Bitcoin. Right. But then your question is, what happens if no exchanges, then will people not want Bitcoin? I would say, well, there was a time where there were no exchanges and people still wanted Bitcoin. And we're here at 20. Yeah, but there was a Bitcoin at a value of what, a quarter? or a couple pennies that wasn't right. Bitcoin and, at a value of, uh, you know, 25,000. Right. Bitcoin. And then, and because people wanted it, they built the infrastructure, they got the politicians involved. They pretty much have, we have exchanges in every country in the world, right? That's going to be very hard to go illegal. And where there's a will, there's a way, right? All right. So, um, yeah. 
So I, I have a different question for you. Okay. And I know that you've argued to me before that it's actually very easy to transact with your Bitcoin. Uh, but I was reading, uh, I I fell in love with Bitcoin when I read uh, the Bitcoin standard. I recently read yeah. the fiat standard and I was a little bit more like, ah, this thing's a scam. And to explain exactly why I started to realize like, oh, I don't really get this at all, um, is that it sounds like the best case usage for like Bitcoin is that it becomes a base layer for something else. And that like, it doesn't sound like it, it, it doesn't sound like you will ever be able to easily transact on a large scale with direct processes from Bitcoin. It sounds like you might be able to a large scale as in a lot of, a lot of transactions or a lot of a lot, one big, large transaction. I would say a lot of transactions. Yeah, we, right. It's we the can't... scalability is, is, yeah, you can do large transactions all the time, but yeah. And there's another built-in issue, which is that as there's less Bitcoin to mine, you'll also see increasing fees. So if you're competing for basically being the currency of the future, you're talking about something that already can't, e you can't easily just like transact with and it will actually be more expensive to transact with in the future. Just to finish this one thought. Okay. <clears throat> it seems to me like the best you'll have of Bitcoin is that it can become a base layer of essentially large players can keep it like as a reserve, the way that they almost do with gold as like a backing for something else. But then I don't understand what value there is to Bitcoin over just a gold or silver, which historically has been treated as money and is currently... In, relative to Bitcoin favored by at least central banks who still are loading up on gold and do treat gold as currency. So gold's been captured. If you look at the price of gold, it hasn't made an all-time high in 20 years, even though we've had like the highest inflation. It's been captured by paper gold. So people's fractional reserve gold out the tits. And that's why that's why no one's ever made money on gold compared to the S&P or Bitcoin the past 10 years. And you can't do that with Bitcoin. Because on that base layer, every coin is counted for. And that's why it's important. And as far as this book you read, that's cute. Did it mention the Lightning Network? Because uh, the technology, the way it stacks, and it's actually another book you should read is called The Block Size War. So the reason Bitcoin only does so many transactions is very purposeful. So people like me can run a node on our computers at home. And it's more decentralized that way. Because the more transactions a blockchain does per minute, the higher the computer uh, resources and the fewer people that can actually run it. So the way that Bitcoin keeps its security uh, kind of budget going is it keeps the block sizes low and it keeps the competition for that block size, uh, the block size high. So that's as the reward for Bitcoin goes down in the future, the fees will pick up. As and technology, though, gets better and what's sitting on my laptop dwarfs what sat on my laptop 10 years ago. Why can't they just vote to increase the block size? They they tried doing that. That's why you should actually cash. No, well, that's a fork. Bitcoin Cash was Bitcoin and right. they forked. And so the, the Block Size War is a great book on that. And that's because uh, I wasn't here, but people like me said, no, like we, we want a more secure and security is basically by how many people can run the code and have a copy on their own machine versus how many people can, you know, mine and get rewards. And so as we kept the block size low, what that forces people to do is build on layer two. So it's called the Lightning Network. And so you don't even really need a Bitcoin wallet. And I don't know if you're gonna to wanna to do this, but if you just download Wallet of Satoshi right now, right. I can send Once you Bitcoin in, in about 10 seconds. 
once and you're so, in layer once you're in layer two, right. like is layer and like, I I run, light, I run a layer two coin, too. The Litecoin yeah. thing. So what is that layer Lightning. two? Is that another yeah. do I am I converting my Bitcoin into another currency that's then centralized? Is that then decentralized? Like what no, how yeah. does that how does that actually work? These are great fucking questions. And like, you're almost there. I don't, I don't know if you're doing this on purpose to set me up, but it's really great. So, <laughs> so, so the, so the, the purpose is to keep the Bitcoin block small. So it's more secure. So people like me can run it. The, the thing is, okay, then how do we make it faster and scalable? The, the, the answer is layer two. So what lightning does is it uses people that run the lightning network. So you can run a Bitcoin node and then you can run a lightning node on top of it. Similar software. What Lightning does is it uses people like me that lock Bitcoin up in channels. And then if you want to send Bitcoin to someone, it uses nodes like me to send it instantly. This guy's saying, please yes. teach Rob yes. about LN so we can pay him on podcasting 2.0. It's basically where you can have a QR code and then people can send right. you Bitcoin instantly. But but uh, maybe I'm not, I'll just try to explain it really simply well, here. Well, Steven, I'll so, tell you what, for, as far as that's concerned, just do it and just start like, just take my content and just do whatever this is. And okay. keep it on a hard wallet and take a percentage on it. There you go. Yeah, and, and then I'll give you the password. But really quick, just to explain Lightning yes. Network, it's it's just um people lock their Bitcoin up in in kind of a web of channels. And have right. you heard of the seven degrees of separation? No. I mean um, I've heard of I, it like as a concept you have. from seven degrees to bacon, you know, that you get seven yes. degrees, you can tie anything into Kevin Bacon. Like I'm familiar with the concept of Precisely. Separation. That, that's yes. all I'm talking about. It's 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 about like, hey, I don't I don't I'm buying something for I want to send Bitcoin to a guy in China. I don't know him, but I right. know Rob and and Rob's friend knows the guy in China. So basically, that's what the Lightning Network is. And there's about twenty thousand nodes like mine. So you can download any app you want, like Wallet of Satoshi, and then you can send uh, anywhere from one cent all the way up to you know however much Bitcoin you want instantly. And it does that by using people like me who lock our channels up. And so it's all on layer two. And then eventually when we settle, you you don't know the difference. It settles back down to layer one. Does that make sense? At a later point in time, it gets settled into layer one. Correct. But it's but it's all run on the um, on uh, relatively the same code. So basically, you can be sure that this finality of our lightning transaction, when it settles, it gets it gets written down to that Bitcoin chain. So it's basically using that security to scale up. All right. I can't say I fully understand it, but fair enough. Let's go back to the original right. question, which is uh, Gensler versus Coinbase. Break it down right. for us. Yeah. So um, just again, the, the hypocrisy is great as the SEC let Coinbase become a public company, knowing exactly what they were trading and doing in 2021. They waited two years while having this weird dance with them about getting regulated properly to finally just hit them with this with this massive lawsuit after Gensler was buddy buddy with Sam Bankman Fried and FTX, which I believe was a bomb set to explode crypto but failed, um, which I think is interesting. Um, but so what's going on with Coinbase is essentially. Coinbase is trading about 2,000 coins. A lot of them are unregistered securities. Um, they just are. I don't know what Coinbase was thinking, but they right. They're just by the way, they're crap. But you can yes. go buy crap if you want to buy crap. You can buy like the, any the, card. Yes. Yeah. Right. The the idea that the government like I can go buy fucking Pokemon cards as an investment right. if I want to. Yes. Right. I can go raise money from all my friends and say, hey, I'm putting right. this all into Pokemon cards. I can convince them it's the greatest idea in the world. And then, yes, sure, the government can show up later and go, this fraud and a huckster got all of his <laughs> friends and family to put all of their money into Pokemon cards. Right. Yep, that's what happened. 
I sold them on Pokemon cards. I put it into Pokemon cards. I took 10% of their actual cash for putting them into Pokemon right. cards. They still decided to invest in Pokemon cards. I have yeah. a couple thousand dollars in fucking literal crap. I literally bought crap. I looked at my Bitcoin's earnings and like a crap stable. I did four the hard ways. I was like, this is house money. Five the hard ways. Let's have some fun. Sushi swap, $250. Uh, yeah. Black magic ass vagina milk. Great. Here's $500. Rocket, yeah. yeah. Literally. I bought them like scratch lottery tickets. I don't know how they're doing. I'm pretty sure I lost money in yeah. all of them. Every single time I did it, I was like, oh, this is only 50 bucks. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, I think I bought like $2,000 worth of shit last year and lost all of my money. But guess what? All the money I've put into the fucking stock market every single time. By the way, I stayed out of the stock market all the way back from when I lost money in 2008. And then if anything, I got suckered back in because the initial investment I made in crypto was at like five grand. And then I rode that thing up and I was like, holy shit. Um, Not that I even put that much money in, yeah. but I'm like, I got so, all this yeah. house money. Yeah, and I made the sucker's mistake because I didn't take that money off the table. I just started putting new money on new bets. And then you turn around and you fucking crap out, except instead of the casino where you're playing with all 500 bucks, it's your entire life savings because you're retarded. I might be, by the way, I might be like, it's funny because I, I, I mean, I take this approach like with all of my investing that I've done uh, now I'm 35. I bet if you did the math on all of it, I've just, I'm basically at even like just from 30% here, but entirely wiped away on this thing. But I honestly almost feel that with all of investing, like the best you can do is basically diversify with hopes of breaking even because it's like, it's all a gamble yeah. of what the fed's going to do. So it's like, are they going to crash the housing market? In which case you want the cash. Are they going to, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all again. Or you, keep, you just eat shit and buy a spider, right? Well, you buy I, the S&P 500, you get 10%. That's, that's what it averages every year. Barely beats right. inflation. Fuck you. You're not getting rich. Or it doesn't beat inflation because at some point they stop propping up the stock market right. and your stocks go to yeah. ship. And now all of a sudden your currency is worth money or currency goes to shit and your gold and Bitcoin worth money. It's like, it's all a game of like what bubble they're going to inflate. So you kind of just have to like be spread out amongst all those assets and hope that whatever they're inflating kind of outweighs whatever they've depleted. I disagree, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, well, because you, yeah, you're just I mean, you're just like I'm all Bitcoin all the time, and this is going to be the currency of the future, and I'm going to get myself rich. Um, partly, but I I do see I I see the dollar as the fiat currency of the world, and then Bitcoin as a nice tether to that. I see Bitcoin and the dollar being brothers because, like I said, anyone in any part of the world can accept Bitcoin and then transfer that to dollars immediately. There's no reason for any other country to store their own currency. They, they should be either accepting Bitcoin, transferring it to dollars, or just using stable coins. And so right. I think dollars are going to take over the world, but we can't just keep printing dollars like motherfuckers. So right. to kind of keep the dollars back, there's going to be that Bitcoin price ticker. BlackRock now has it. Fucking Bloomberg now has it. And that, as, that, as that Bitcoin price ticker goes up for various reasons, people like me, medium of exchange, we're libertarians, they don't like the government, uh, and anonymity, uh, synonymous. We like the idea of having it kind of buying Bitcoin be a peaceful protest and also help people in other parts of the world, you know, that currencies are going down. We don't necessarily help them, but by educating people on Bitcoin, it does help people get there, right? Because for what it's worth, it is a financial system that's open to everyone, kind of made by the people for the people, opposed to what's going on. Is it volatile? Yes. And if you view its value in just its dollar terms, then yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. But yeah, I think it's something different and pretty important. You can't necessarily be all in it, 
But um, I, you know, I think it's it's something that I found that's worth fighting for more than anything else I see. So yeah. Okay. Uh, BlackRock ETF and Bitcoin. Yeah. That looks to me like that's got to be good for Bitcoin. Give us the give yeah. us the bull story here. I just uh, and again, yeah, I just you know for what it's worth, I mean, a little bit of congratulations. You know, it's so hard, you know, being an investor or whatever you want to say. But like, and for us to have beat BlackRock to an asset class is amazing. You know, this right. is akin to people that were hoarding gold before they made a gold ETF 20 years ago. Right. And and it shot the fuck up, obviously, because when you make an ETF, you standardize things for pension funds, 401ks, grandma and grandpa now feel a little bit safer. Um, so, I yeah, so I was I was taken back, especially the timing, because there's so much, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt and real world regulation problems. And, you know, you have your the stereotypical crypto crypto's dead a ponzi scheme most of it is but like bitcoin's a scam blah blah, blah. it's going to zero you have all them out in force which is great and then here comes blackrock right um which which is a great proof of concept it's going to create uh, a lot more liquidity and to those concerns I, I like those concerns you raised rob about perhaps you know coinbase getting kicked out or maybe this is kind of the sec sneaking in i would just point out that the sec's recent rulemaking um uh, has got pushback not only from crypto companies but also a lot of traditional finance companies a lot of big banks aren't liking what the sec is doing with their new trading rules and uh but more so on top of that coinbase gets a cut of these fees and this blackrock etf is still going to be subject to wash trading rules so wash trading rules mean you can't go in and out of a stock on the same day and then still get those capital gains so all the day traders that still like to day trade bitcoin are still going to need to trade the asset on coinbase where there's no wash sale rule and also the ETF will only be available through business hours. And of course, you can trade Bitcoin 24-7 on Coinbase. All right. Anything else or uh, we get to call on an episode? I feel like we covered a lot. Man, dude, that was fun. Um, Always a pleasure having you on, Stephen. Yeah, By dude, the way, that's cool. Summer, Summer Porch Tour is coming back to California. Um, yes. We are going to be porch touring it all the way through October this year because the uh, season got a late start. So it's, it's a little bit like uh, spring skiing, which I've gotten into spring <laughs> skiing. Uh, the date is not up yet because I just haven't gotten all the links up, but I will tell nice. everyone here because Steven's here and we will for sure do a live podcast. Hopefully we'll get it uh, to hang out with uh, Sam Tripley again. Maybe maybe yes. even we'll get him out in the yard. We'll see if that happens. Um, he's but, He's been saying he likes a lot of his own shows now, so I think he'd be down. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so it's looking September 8th, September 9th is probably in Los Angeles, uh, backed by Brian from Lions of Liberty who uh, fans can go hang out with at Porkfest this weekend. He's doing a stand-up show along with other live podcasts. And then Sunday, we're going to be in Iguana, Aguna, something California, which is south of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Got a cool farm-type hippie situation. Wait, wait, say that name again? Aguna, Iguana, I don't know. Laguna, oh, cool. Yeah. Something? I don't, I don't fucking know. And then uh, if for some reason there's a there's a good possibility no if somebody's got like a like a san francisco or something else i would love to add another um another california for like or orange uh, county san diego too yeah well san diego i don't think this is announced yet but i think i have a date with dave at some point so i don't know that san diego makes sense but i've never done san francisco or really anywhere else in California, I'd be very game to do that Thursday or Friday of the 7th or the 8th. 
Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, put that in your calendar. Dates will be up soon. Summer Porch Store is in full action. Going to be some long weekends all over the country. First week went great. I'm very happy with it. Uh, Sheathunderwear.com, promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. Get yourself YoDelta.com, promo code RYM. Also for 20% off, you can load up on gummies. You can load up on vape pens. Steven, what do you got to plug? Oh, man. Um, just keep on keeping on, man. Um, there you go. Now yeah, I got nothing, man. It's it's good. It's all good. Just, oh, wait. I do have yes. something. Okay. I believe I believe this is from the art of war. If you wait by the riverbed long enough, the bodies of your enemies will float by. There you go. Very zen. I like that. I like that. Wait, I, I'll twirl myself up the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Later, buddy. Where's my Please. end broadcast button?